You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton and Alex Barallo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Jet Nation Radio. Uh, this is your host, Alex Barallo, joined by Dylan Terriman. Uh, Glenn will not be joining us tonight, so it'll just be the two of us. And how you doing, Dylan? Doing well. Glad to get on and just talk a couple things. We had some NFL news to, to break down and that can potentially impact the Jets. So I think it's exciting now that things are starting to move on. The ball's starting to roll. We're getting closer to free agency. Yes, indeed. There there was some breaking news um, that hit the um, Twitter lines and, and football um uh, world today and uh, we're going to go and get right into that but before we do I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor uh, Miles Social um, if you're a big business large business small business and you're looking to extend your uh, platform onto the social media level um, you got to link up with milesocial.com um, they can help you with web design management search and engine optimization and um, just basically giving you that media presence that maybe you're looking for and you just don't have right now. You can find them at M-I-L-E-S-O-C-I-A-L.com, milesocial.com. Okay, so Dylan, we had a little bit of uh, excitement today in the NFL world. There was a big trade that went down, and today Carson Wentz was traded from the – Uh, Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts. And the reason why we're going to be talking about that is because a lot of people are speculating that the basis of this trade uh, might happen to um, affect the the type of compensation that the Jets would get in a possible trade for Sam Darnold. So that's why we want to talk about this first. And to just touch upon the other topics that we're going to do tonight, Um, Dylan and I are going to give our top three uh, free agent targets that we think the Jets should acquire this offseason. And we're also going to take a look at some of the uh, free agents that are hitting the market from the San Francisco 49ers. We have a good feeling that we might be plucking some players from their roster. So tonight's going to be a little bit of a quicker show, not having Glenn on. And uh, we're just going to, you know, hit these main three points tonight. And, um, you know, for, for most of us, go go out there um, who's buried in the Northeast, go go shovel some snow. Um, but Dylan, uh, Carson Wentz traded to the Colts for a 2021 third-round pick this year and a conditional 2022 second-rounder. And from what I've read, if he plays over 70 or 75% of the snaps, that conditional pick can turn into a one for them next year. So technically, not a one right now, but a three and a two. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about it, um, and, and okay. what's your reaction to this? My first reaction was I thought that it was a little bit too low. I know the the contract situation with Wentz was a little difficult for 
both the Eagles and the new team to take on. I think it was a little bit harder for the Eagles trading him away. They have a big dead cap money. But I, I think ultimately both sides will come out of it looking like winners. I mean, Frank Reich in Indianapolis was with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia when he first started his career, when he was performing really well. So that familiarity will be good for him going to Indianapolis. Plus, I think that the Eagles have either the quarterback in-house with Jalen Hurts or the potential to draft one at number six. So that opens up the the options for them there. Um, As far as the the conditional second-round pick, I think that it would only happen – like both things would actually happen. Like the Colts would make the playoffs if Carson played 75%. So it's either an all or nothing type of deal in that sense. So I hope, you know, it garners a first round pick for them ultimately. But I mean, I don't think it it necessarily will hinder Sam Darnold's trade value. They're two completely different situations at two completely different stages of their life cycle in the NFL. Sam Darnold hasn't been paid the big money. He's still 23, two years left on a deal if a team wants to exercise that fifth-year option, which looking like it, uh, it's going to be lower than the $25 million. It's only going to be in the 18 to $19 million range, which isn't terrible when you think about it. I think the only thing that will hurt the market is the fact that there's one less quarterback needy team out there looking for a quarterback. So maybe a team like a Chicago or a Washington, possibly New Orleans, they might get into the quarterback market later on and into the process of the offseason. But I think ultimately the the Wentz trade might not affect Darnold as much as they they think it will. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's kind of what the conversation has been today from what I've seen certain people on the Jet side reacting to this trade. Um you know, I think Rich Cimini, um basically said, you know, this should impact the way Darnold's compensation should be. And um, I don't know right, what he's yep. anticipating on what he's supposed to get um, or what he thinks Darnold's value is. But, you know, you bring on some good points there. You know, the Colts um, are going to absorb a pretty hefty contract. So maybe that's why the trade compensation was, you know, not like a couple couple first-rounders. Um, I'm not sure what the speculation was a few weeks ago, but there were um, plenty plenty of media pundits that were going around saying that, you know, the Eagles were looking for, you know, multiple ones. Um, and, and honestly, who wouldn't? I mean, you'd be doing a disservice to yourself if you weren't looking for the, for the highest and, and, and best uh, compensation yes, to come exactly. back. Yes, uh, exactly. So, you know, for me, when I look at this, um, I know I got chewed out a couple weeks ago on um, – a uh, rumor and a uh, fabricated um, trade, uh, you know, projection, which involved us sending Darnold, getting mm-hmm. Garoppolo in a fifth. And, you know, I'd mentioned, I said, you know, people are reacting to this, but, you know, maybe the reality is, is that um, we're overvaluing uh, what Darnold um, is worth. Um, possibly um, he's not, you know, going to give us back, you know, a couple premium picks. Um, I could be completely wrong because obviously there might be a GM that, you know, had Darnold very high on their board when he was a rookie. And, you know, maybe now would be a good opportunity for them to finally get their hands on him and they give us a a very lucrative deal. Uh, You know, I think that if the Jets could come away with, you know, a day two pick, a second rounder, and maybe something for the future, um, I think I'd be content with that, to be honest with you, Dylan. Um, What would you um, hope to get back? In, in, or where do you think Darnold's compensation would be 
you know, as of today, uh, February 18th. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that that projected trade with Garoppolo in the fifth, I mean, I think that's a little too low, just just me yeah. personally grading Sam value, uh, Sam's value. But, I mean, I, I don't see why he can't garner a top 100 pick in this upcoming draft, so a top three-round pick, even if it's a late third. Plus, I also think he can get something down the line in the future. I don't know necessarily if it'll be as strong as a, a two to possibly a conditional one. It could be a three to a conditional two. But I think that um, ultimately, if they can't get a one, top 100 pick this year for Darnold at a minimum, that's when I draw the line and say, hey, maybe let's kick the can down the road and see what we can do with him and increase his value. So to me, to me, probably two picks in the top 125, 130 range, ultimately, whether it's over two drafts or not. But I, I think ultimately they can get something worth value of Darnold. And, you know, maybe what you're looking for now um, isn't going to be what they expected. So, yeah, maybe we do kick the tires on Darnold for one more season. Um, and, you know, we'll get into draft talk later on. Um, because we got plenty of time before we get to April. So, oh, yeah. you know, that might be something that would be, um, you know, if the Jets can't find a good suitor, um, maybe kicking the tires on Darnold for one more year um, and then parting ways after his fourth year. Um, if if he gets a good deal out in free agency, that could lead to, a you know, a, a decent comp pick for the Jets. But you know, that's looking really, really far down the line right now. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, um, let's jump into um, the the big topic that we talked about tonight, and that's um, top three free agent uh, targets that that you and I think the Jets should go for. So we did a previous show where we were talking about um, what free agents the Jets should re-sign from our own roster. Um, so I'll, I'll kick it off here. Um, mine from the Jets were Jordan Jenkins to play outside linebacker Marcus May as our, you know, captain of the, the secondary and Brian Poole, um, you know, just another uh, cog in the wheel here to fill our nickelback position. Um, so those were my first, those are my three jet signings and my three big free agent signings that I think that could set us up for, you know, a possibly really good draft is a veteran defensive back in Xavier Rhodes. Um, you know, he's not the youngest guy out there, but I think what he could bring from experience-wise would be very good for, for this defense. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of inexperience in that department on the roster right now, so bringing somebody in that, you know, is not so wet behind the ears might be great. Um, my next uh, guy that I really want is Curtis Samuel, the kind of hybrid wide receiver gadget player from uh, the Carolina Panthers. He played a little bit of running back in college, even got some snaps last year after um, Christian McCaffrey went down. Uh, so I think that he would really, really fill that, that Debo Samuel-style role, role from, that the San Francisco 49ers had. And then lastly is the big ticket, Joe Thune, to solidify the offensive line. Um, so those are my three big um, mm-hmm. region targets there, Xavier Rhodes, Curtis Samuel, and Joe Thune. What do you got, Dylan? So I attacked similar positions. I think um, the, the needs of this team um, are 
edge rusher, defensive back, offensive line help, and then some kind of offensive playmaker, whether it's a running back that is versatile or just, you know, a do-it-all wide receiver that can create separation and make splash plays. But on the top of my, uh, on my return list, I believe was Pat Elfline. I think that he had a good um, end of the season with uh, Mekhi Becton next to him. I thought the left side was pretty strong down the stretch. Uh, second on my re-sign list was Patrick Onwasar. I think he, we obviously didn't see anything from him last year, so we need to see what we have in him before just letting him go, and I think retaining him on a small deal is good. And then Terrell Basham off the edge, I don't know if he will project into the scheme necessarily, but when you lose Jordan Jenkins and Terrell Basham, you're going to need at least depth at the position. So those were my three that I thought the Jets should return. And then my big ticket free agents that I want them to go out and acquire. I kept with the offensive line. My number one target is Corey Winsley from Green Bay. He's a really good center. We tried to uh, pursue him a few years ago, and the Packers signed him late in December to a contract extension. So I think there'll be heavy suitors in him this time around. Uh, sticking with Green Bay, let's pluck another guy, Jamal Williams. He's their running back two currently behind Aaron Jones. They're both set to become free agents. I think the Packers might try to franchise tag Aaron Jones and keep him and A.J. Dillon, which means Jamal Williams kind of falls by the wayside. And I think even if you have to pay a little bit more to go acquire him, the things that he can do and the, the veteran leadership he'd bring to the running back room with Ty Johnson and LaMichael Piron would be huge. And then the third guy on my list is another Baltimore defender that I love, Matt Judon. I think the Jets may have to break the bank for him, so that might be a, a deal breaker when it's all said and done. But if they can get him on a short, maybe like a one-year deal, pay him a big, amount, a big amount of money, and then hopefully next year when the cap is supposed to go back up, they can go back into negotiations with him. I think that would be awesome. He's, he's really good off the edge, and I think he projects really well into this scheme. So those are my big three. I think they got to attack the positions of need. And uh, I, I think – Ultimately, this team just has to get better at all three levels on the defense, playmakers on offense, and at least one or two offensive linemen. Yes, I absolutely agree. And, and we were talking to uh, – I was talking to Phil last night, and he also said that um, he didn't have three to give me for his top targets, but he, he definitely wants to go all in, whatever it takes for Joe Thune. Um So I'm putting this tweet out now. Um, and my guys were Xavier Rhodes, Curtis Samuel, Joe Thune. Your three main targets were Corey Lindsley, Jamal Williams, and Matt Judon. Now, Judon, is he yep. like an edge defender, an outside linebacker, a little bit of a hybrid? Yeah, I, I think he'd be, he'd be edge or off-ball linebacker in the scheme. He's a power rusher, so they'd probably need a, a smaller guy to go opposite him. So I, I think mainly a hand-in-the-dirt type rusher, but he, he can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's exactly, like, to set yourself up because, you know, when when you do these mock drafts and, and we talk about these players, you know, you only have so many Twitter characters, so a lot of people get judgmental out there. Why would you do this or why would you do that? Well, that's why mm-hmm. we have free agency. You have the opportunity to go after particular positions that may not be a strength in the draft so that you can just get those voids filled um, and then you worry less when draft day comes. It gives you a little bit more options to maybe go for a player that 
you know, air quoting, may not meet a particular narrative. You know, a lot of people seem to mm-hmm. be upset about, you know, mock drafts where they see Najee Harris or Travis Etney coming out of the first round for the Jets. If you set up yourself and you fill in your defense, your big defensive needs in free agency, it almost allows you the opportunity to build an offense for the future through the draft. And that is the main game plan here is building through the draft. And that's something that the Jets have not had a lot of success in, hence our horrible season that we've been going through. So, you know, a lot of knee-jerk reactions on Twitter. But, you know, now this gives us the opportunity to maybe justify, you know, some of the mock drafts that I posted. I know you haven't, you know, put too many out there. um, But, you Mm -hmm. know, you and Glenn and I will be uh, releasing some mocks um, probably sooner than later, I would imagine. Um, oh, yeah, they're coming. You know, Glenn likes to do at least two, if not three, before we get to the final uh, draft week. So we'll probably mm-hmm. be getting some stuff together in that nature, um, you know, pretty soon. But, you know, we'll we'll wait for Glenn to uh, to let us know when we're ready to do that. <coughs> Excuse me. Yep. And just, just to um, add real quick onto that, yeah. just if, at, at 23 and 34, I think – a lot of people pencil in offensive players when they're doing their mock drafts or projecting what the Jets are going to do. I think they just assume if they go quarterback at two, they're going to double up and get an offensive player at, at 23, possibly 34 as well. But I think that the Jets could come out of those three picks with two offensive players, and I think that that could actually be a really good option. I mean, Joe Douglas loves options, so as soon as free agency mm-hmm. shakes out, we'll get a better picture. But I think – Jets fans need to have a more open mind going into this because there's holes at every position, including safety, you know, defensive line they could attack later on in the draft. So I think keeping an open mind with the Jets is going to be key this offseason with all the turnover that's taken place. Right. And, you know, that's the funny thing is that, you know, we're anticipating the Jets to sit tight at all eight or nine draft picks that they have. You know, we're probably – He'll you know, I'm sure Joe Douglas round. is going to get active and he's probably going to get some offers that he can't refuse. And, you yeah. know, maybe if you slide from that 34 spot into the lower 40s, let's say, but you get a back end, you know, two and maybe a three or four or something, you know, for the future. Um, you know, Joe Douglas seems to be a guy that um, isn't afraid to pull the trigger and uh, pile up some picks so that it gives him some more options on draft day. So, uh, you know, definitely um, one of the more exciting things to talk about um, when it comes to the Jets because, uh, you know, we don't get much postseason talk. Um, you know, everything is just regular season, and then it becomes yep. just end the season, and then it's all about the off season. So, you the know, off hopefully season is the season. It, yeah, that, that's what it seems like it's become. So, you know, hopefully this will be the year where things start to turn in a different direction for us. Um, God knows we are definitely overdue as, as Jet fans mm-hmm. here. So, uh, Dylan, we're at the 10-minute uh, the mark. It's going pretty quick. Um, so let's go and get into our San Francisco talk here. Um, you know, okay. we've already seen some coaches come over um, from, from the San Francisco 49er staff. So clearly Sala has his guys and um, – you know, we assume that we're probably going to see uh, several uh, 49ers come over. You know, when you're a new coach coming into 
you know, a new team and a new system, um, you're more than likely going to want to have some people that are already familiar, um, you know, even if you're, if they're just camp bodies um, to help everybody else kind of get caught up and, and, and get everybody on page as quickly as possible. Uh, Cause we have no idea if we're going to be looking at, you know, another 2020 remote style off season um, or if it's going to be going back to normal and, you know, we'll have our mini camp and, and rookie camp and OTAs and, and all those things, you know, hopefully we get to, this team gets to have all that stuff. We already know that the combine is not going to be what it, what it used to. Um, but, you know, hopefully things can turn around to where um, the Jets get a, a normal off season because uh, when you're heading into, you know, air quoting a rebuild type of year, um, you know, having a pandemic to work around um, can't be, can't be easy for a new coach, but um all right, I'm going to kick us off here um, with our uh, San Francisco talk. And uh, let me mm-hmm. see, I have my guys written down here. So this segment is going to be who would we bring in from, from the San Francisco roster that are free agents. My top three that I have written down here are Richard Sherman, uh, defensive back, I'm sure you guys know who he is, Solomon Thomas, a, uh, I think a former number three overall from a few years ago, and Akella Witherspoon, kind of a depth guy, cornerback. Um, you know, I've heard, you know, maybe uh, in a pinch, you know, you could throw him in at safety. But uh, I think that these three guys here for the back end of the defense and another trench guy, I think that, that, that brings a lot of stability to a Robert Sala defense. Um, who are the guys that, that you have, Dylan? Yeah, I agree completely. He's going to definitely want to bring people over that that understand the type of defense he wants to incorporate because obviously going from a Greg Williams scheme where there's, you know, 40, however many different defensive formations he loves to brag about to this, this type of defense under Robert Sala is going to be completely different. The first guy I have on my list though is offensive player. I think Michael Flores is going to want to bring in somebody with knowledge of his verbiage as well. So I went with Kendrick Bourne wide receiver He's only 25, and uh, last year was his best year as far as yardage with 667 yards and two touchdowns. So I think, like you said, even a camp body at 25 years old who can come in and just teach people the ropes, whether he makes the the final roster or not, I think it's good to kick the can on him and see what he's got. And then I went with a different cornerback. I went Kawan Williams. He's a little bit older at 30 years old. Uh, Last year he played in eight games, had four pass deflections, a forced fumble, and two sacks. And I, I, I believe he was injured, but his production went down the last three years. He was at 50 to 60%. And last year it went down to 27%. So a big dip in his uh, playing time there. But I think if they miss out on a guy like Richard Sherman, that this could be a nice uh, secondary option. And then the last guy on my list who I'm probably the highest on of all the free agents from San Francisco is Kerry Hyder Jr. Um, the Jets actually had him back in 2014 when he was only 23 years old. They cut him. He never even played a game for them. Um, and then he goes on. He went to Detroit, and now he's with San Fran. But he's played 16 games in three of the last four seasons. And when Bosa and uh, Armstead went down with injury last year, he filled in really well. He had eight and a half sacks, 10 tackles for loss, and 18 quarterback hits. So that type of production out of a situational guy that you know was put in in a pinch I think that's really good production that you can bring in and help bolster up the, the solid defense with familiar names that he likes. 
And, and what position does um, Kerry Hyder play again? Kerry Hyder is also a D end. I, I, they might list him as D end okay. outside linebacker. I, I, he's more of a, a four three D end in my opinion, though. And you know what? That, so that makes a, a lot very, of sense because. What? I was going to say it's just a a common theme here tonight with the free agents picking a, you know, cornerbacks and wide receivers and edge position players and. I, I think those positions are what the Jets need. They've lacked that for so long. So I wouldn't be surprised even if any of these six that we just named were signed, that they also didn't go out and make another signing or another draft pick at the same position. I look at um, when the Packers uh, signed Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith in the offseason, and then at the 12th overall pick, they went and drafted Rashawn Gary. And everybody's like, oh, no, why? It's a third pass rusher now. But I think you can always have more bodies at the position and if you can get them on cheaper options I think that's what the the team building philosophy should be is gain edge players gain corners and make sure that your team is solidified if one injury happens you don't crumble yeah and and that's a great point because it really really seemed you know from week in and week out um, we would get healthy in one position and then you know two more guys would fall in another and then we were looking at yep. names that we aren't really familiar with. And, you know, that was kind of a theme that went around. And, you know, this year I think what the Jets really need to do um, is, is build their, their bench strength. Uh, you know, make sure that you yep. have, you know, people that can come in in a pinch and you don't skip a beat. Um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, big holes that had occurred um, with uh, the offensive line and, you know, we had a lot of change at the, the cornerback position. Um, things got a little scary near the end of the season. You know, all in all, in a, in a lost season where you're 2-14, and 14, um, getting the young guys out there to get their feet wet and get them some experience, you know, clearly, you know, that's very valuable. Um, but at the same time, it's not the recipe you want to win football games. Um, so, mm-hmm. so bench strength is, is, is absolutely important. And, you know, I already had mentioned – um, about, you know, having players that can come in that are familiar with Sala and then kind of be player coaches to, to help some of these younger guys get more familiar. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're already at the, uh, the three-minute mark on the show, Dylan. Um, wow, that, that went, went really so quick. But it did, it did. It went much quicker than I anticipated. Um, but, you know, we, we knew mm-hmm. we were going to do a short show this week and, um, you know, like I said, next week we're going to be rolling out with some more topics. Um, clearly, if anything, finishing up that roster rundown um, from last week. Yep, we have a, we have to go through the rest of the roster with Glenn. Um, so we'll probably be penciling in that, and we might have some guests line up in the next uh, few weeks for for some upcoming shows. Um, Glenn, uh, you know, net, networking and, and doing what he does best, and and yeah, we might have some surprise guests lined up. Um, for some future yep. shows. Um, so uh, anything else, um, you know, before we sign off here, um, Dylan, that maybe we missed? No, I think that's it. All right, folks. Well, it was a quick one and a short one. And uh, for everyone out there, if you aren't aware, um, we have a fantastic website, uh, jetnation.com. It's one of the uh, – NFL's fan forum largest websites um, in the league. So, you know, go to jetnation.com, sign up. Conversation never ends there. 
And also, before I almost forgot, we have to give out a special, uh, I believe it's the 16th year anniversary for Jet Nation. This yep. Um, it was just posted the other day. And um, how cool is that? 16 years. Um, you know, I think there was like some crazy, like well over like one point something million views and, and, and things like that. So a lot of traction going That's on amazing. at that uh, website. And um, you know what? Dylan, we love the support. Just, uh, you know, quote, just happy to be here. You know, glad yep. to be a part of, you know, the, the Jet Nation crew with you and Glenn and Courtney um, and Green Bean. If you're not familiar with uh, Green Bean, he does some great work oh, yeah. on YouTube for JetNation.com. So um, if you if you aren't familiar with him, you know, you can find us on YouTube as well, as well as, uh, you know, your, your local podcast. So um, another another good episode in the books. Um, more more fun stuff to to come for the future, uh, and um, who knows what what the Jets have in store for us here. But we're we're one week closer to uh, free agency. Um, the combine's right around the corner, or, or we'll, we'll see what that has in store for us. And before we know it, we'll be doing draft talk here. So um, from me, from Dylan, from Glenn, from everybody. Um, Thank you for joining us yet again for another episode of Jet Nation Radio. Um, Everyone be well, stay safe, and, and we will talk to you soon. As always, go Jets. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets.